Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 87 of the Simple Life Podcast. We're ever creeping towards that 100, the century of podcasts. I just tried to do the math really quick in my head as to when that'll be. I can't answer the comments below as to when the hell that'll be. It'll be in, in 13 episodes. I know that math, but I don't know what, what, what month or week that'll be. Uh, I'm going to have to try and get a special guest, I think, for our 100th, uh, our 100th guest. Again, suggestions in the comments below, people. I'm always uh, looking for new guest ideas, especially as we branch out into kind of wider topics and, and other kind of regions of uh, conversation. You know me. I always like to have an interesting chat with anybody that's up for it. And uh, I suppose that brings us on to the two boyos we've got in the room today who are going to be the guests. Uh, I've been uh, pestering these guys for, for quite a while, as many of you lot will know. Um, I've been a very much a fan of their event, their expo, um, and the entire ethos and that which Product Earth has brought to the UK cannabis scene uh, for many years. And this year, I've been lucky enough to be hired by these guys, these guys to uh, be their uh, community liaison representative. And uh, yeah, I've been traveling up and down. You may have seen a lot of these posters appearing in head shops and hydro stores around the country, many more to, uh, to come. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we will softly segue into today's guests, who are two of the team from Product Earth, the UK's owl declare this is my declaration here the uk's <laughs> premier largest multi-day cannabis expo at the neec which is the national agricultural expo center in warwickshire between august 19th and 21st they are the creative director matt and the no other way around creative director pasha and the ceo matt clifton how are you doing guys thanks for having us always of course yeah, it'd be a hell of a way to start a podcast if I just uh, give one of you some promotion there. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not in charge of payroll, eh? I don't want the extra work. I'll take the promotion, not the work. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's what we all want. We all want the titles, but none of the effort. Exactly. <laughs> oh, bless you, any big fans. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, obviously, you guys are sort of uh, newer faces to the team, I guess, to people that may have known Product Earth from its infancy. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll start... Uh, I suppose we should start actually covering Product Earth. What is Product Earth for, for those fine folk out there that haven't seen any of my social media or heard me speak in the past several months? Um, yeah, tell the fine folks what this uh, wonderful event is. There, there can't be many of them, Simper, to be honest, but for those that are out there that haven't heard uh, heard any of your podcasts, so like you said, actually, I really liked your description of what Product Earth is. Um, I mean, we're ever-evolving. Um, we once upon a time described ourselves as the UK's largest hemp, CBD, and cannabis expo, um, but we're... We're more than that. We're kind of we're a big celebration of the culture behind the plant. So we're now referring to ourselves more of as an experience, and you'll really kind of mm. see that come out this year, um, because I think there's so many shows now, right? Now, now the big C is fading into the distance, seeing lots of shows pop up, and uh, I think it's important for any kind of business to have a USP to be able to stand out, uh, and that's what we've been focusing on this year. Is these experiences that really kind of demonstrate the diversity of the culture behind this plant. And uh, it's been fun, but I tell you what, it has been hard work. Small changes lead to hours, if not days and weeks and months of additional work. Um, but it's all going to be worth it in the end. Very much looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, then, yeah, I suppose for people that then have maybe been aware of, of Product Earth um, and have kind of watched this slow sort of evolution, and it is wonderful to watch it kind of work in tandem with kind of the acceptance of society. So obviously the initial events took place in one venue and then through various uh, concerns of certain council members, et cetera, the venue was then moved on and Birmingham was, was, a, was an interesting location. I thought it, it showcased a certain part of the culture and community. Um, 
I don't want to use a generalist term of, of urban in that sense, of, uh, just but I mean in the sense that it showed more of the inner city culture of cannabis, the vending, the the dealing that some people don't really have a lot of appreciation for. But there is an entire culture there with with music, art forms, with you know slang language. It is a an entire diverse part of the culture, so it was wonderful to see it represented. And now you've got this kind of um, tick of approval from, from the establishment of going, okay, you've earned the, the right to then be in this National Agricultural Expo Centre. You are just showcasing a, what should be a national agricultural crop. You are, you are giving them that kind of that glimpse of the future. So um, what, 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 do we, what can we expect, I suppose, from the evolution of the event this year? Well, it's not, that's not by accident, by the way. You know, as soon as we hear, you know, we're sharing space with the National Farmers Union, you'll see lots of things about beekeepers and the environment. And that is echoed through the show now and everything that we're doing. Um, things you can do at the show. I mean, there's so much of it. Pasha, you jump in if I miss any, but yeah. I was chatting to someone this morning and even before the show begins in the morning, there's going to be five different things that you can actually go and do. So we've got, um, we're flying in someone, you've probably seen it on our posts. Um, we're flying in kind of the, the creator of uh, cannabis yoga or ganja yoga, as she calls it. Um, so you can start the day with that. Uh, we're working with Woody's uh, for some new cannotation, uh, this completely new concept, which is gonna be really interesting, uh, talking about different terpenes and kind of breath work and stuff like that. We've got uh, Jyoti, um, who's gonna be doing her own breath work sessions as well. We've got gong baths. Uh, and we're even going to do a foraging session. Uh, and we're lucky because actually we, we did a site visit. Was it last week? I am, I'm losing track of the days. So uh, yeah, it was last week. Yeah, last Tuesday. Last week. Yeah. Um, there's a huge woodland right on the back of the venue. And so we're going to have um, Alexandra Lair take people foraging. Um, and then she's going to come back and actually do some cooking demonstrations with the food that she has foraged, uh, which I think is just a, a lovely way to start the day. And that's before the show even begins. Um, and actually, talking about the show starting this year, it's going to start earlier than before as well. So normally we do like a B2B day on a Friday, which is great. You know, it's good for all the businesses to speak to one another. Uh, but actually, that can be done quite quickly over drinks at night time. So we're going to throw a drinks party for all of the, uh, the exhibitors and sponsors on the Thursday night. Um, and that is when all of the campers can start arriving. So from, I can't remember what we said now, either five or six, we'll make sure we get the correct yeah, information. Thursday, yeah. We, the campers can start arriving from Thursday night, where the idea is to get everyone in by 10 o'clock on Friday morning. So you're getting more bang for your buck, a whole extra day of product earth. And, uh, yeah, exactly. I think I was going to say, I was going to chip in on that and just say, one of the things that really attracted me to product earth originally, I, uh, last year was the first time I went actually to the, to the show. So I saw it for the first time. Obviously, it was in a slight, uh, slight different phase because of the, you know, the big C. Um, but actually, everyone sort of came out of this like really, really well, and, and people turned up in their droves. And I think the thing that really uh, it speaks to me is like, technically, it's sort of it's an industry expo, but really that doesn't do it justice to sort of just describe it in that way. And I think that you know, one thing expo. that, yeah, yeah exactly. And I think. There's this thing here that Matt and I always, you know, we always talk about this and how, you know, it's interesting coming from a marketing background and sort of reaching different audiences that actually the, you know, 
traditional businesses don't really talk about cannabis users or cannabis itself, but we really think that there's an interesting demographic of people who do consume cannabis. It's not just the kind of the ones that you see, like stoners, the, the typical sort of stoner archetype, for example. Um, there's all sorts of different people in different walks of life, and we've seen that now from all over the world where there's legalization. And I think that what we're trying to do always in the expo is, is just like reflect that and reflect all the different lifestyles and the different elements that tap into different the different audiences of people who use this medicine. It's not a very, it's not a one single thing. It doesn't serve one single audience or one single purpose. And so I think the show tries to reflect that a little bit. And yeah, that's okay. adding all those experiences this year has been a massive part of that. And I think, you know, last year there were a lot of people who, you know, it was great because everyone was there experiencing and talking about stuff, but then it was kind of, okay, what, so what do we do now? You know, how do we express these things? And so now we're trying to bring different forms of art and yeah, different types of music and, and things to reasons for people to express themselves. Exactly. From, from Boston support room. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it does entirely. It's, it's exactly what I guess I've been pressing your pre predecessors on previously. A lot of peas there. Um, the, <laughs> exactly the you know me. Yeah, and I can't help it. I can't help. I'm a poet, whether I like it or not. Um, I just haven't written any poetry yet. I say yeah. There you go. Just painted, painted myself into a corner live on a podcast. Cheers, dude. Um, but yeah, it, it it has to represent the diversity of the community. And as I kind of alluded to before, it's just because you you manifest and express your relationship with cannabis in one way, you may be kind of a hippie archetype, you know, fl fl uh, big flowy trousers, you know, things in your hair and braids and whatever else, and I'll be ecoing about the earth. And yeah, that's your expression and your culture. And there's a subculture of that. But that isn't to say that that is what cannabis is. That's not then to say that the trap lads, you know, the, 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 like, you know, their lifestyle uh, are any different or any, uh, the granny's using it for on their elbows for arthritis or whatever. You don't need to, you know, doing yeah. elbows for arthritis, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and after you do, it's joints and it's joints. I'm just thinking of hands, but you, you, whatever. Joints for joints. Yeah. But yeah, jo joints for joints. I'm thinking, sure there was a campaign somewhere in America actually a few Maybe. years back. Um, but exactly that, it's to showcase. And I think that's what this expo has over. Others, I mean, it's probably, I'm going to have to talk about it here because we're also going to talk about these things. Uh, I was obviously at Cannabis Europa recently, um, and that's billed as an expo. And yet there were 20 stalls, if maybe that. There were two rows back-to-back, -back, single stands, uh, just, just pop-up table, a handful of flyers, if that. There was no sort of... Re it was the, the investor reps rather than... It wasn't necessarily business to business. This was about business to business on a different level this was more business to investor do you know what i mean um and because of that they didn't really have anything for anyone that was there other than with either money or something they wanted money for yet the content of the seminars and the content of the conversations that were occurring on the slate that was provided and set up for it were very much I don't, I don't want to go as far as saying gaslighty but they were using the correct language they were appropriating the correct terms and they were attempting to speak to what they believe to be the correct audience, but it just felt very mismatched and not presented in the right way because they had missed large swaths of the conversation. They cherry-picked a few things, put it together, and that's what it. Anything that falls yeah. outside of that remit, we do not discuss, that is not here. Yet the conversations I heard quietly about investors talking about how they're pestering the home office to get uh, licenses for LSD and MDMA for their therapy and clinics, 
you know, the conversations that I heard about people going, oh, well, we're potentially going to be the, the fifth, sixth licensee uh, in the next uh, 12 months and yeah. all these other conversations. And it's like, yes, you're advancing one part of it. My friend's doors are still being kicked in. People are still going to prison. People are still living small, sheltered, tiny little lives because they're scared of the content of their pockets. Yet these boyos can go off and make deals that will make their kids and their grandkids rich. There is this juxtaposition where it's product yeah. is this space where it, you welcome everybody. Was it on your, yeah. I might've seen it on your stories yesterday, but, um, and I haven't been to Cannabis Europe, but I understand it's, you know, it's great for that sort of thing. It works really well, but you, and someone be mentioned there was a, suddenly there was sort of patient uh, testimony uh, sessions that happened and they were empty. It was, yeah, yeah. Everybody sort of in the other sessions was talking about how patients are really number one and they're front and center. It's dog um, So there was a sort of, yeah, so it was yeah. a bit of, you know, it's, a difference yeah. between that. And I think that it's, it's a shame that, that that happens and, Probably, I mean, I don't know. I, I noticed one thing. One thing I noticed last year at Product Earth was the diversity of different people there, and we sort of platformed a lot of the patients and people into our fireside chats and things. And and they were the talks actually that were really busy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you know, and they were the chats that were really busy. So it's interesting that yeah, they're, they're representing sort of different sides of it um, for different parts of the people. We like to think, I think, that we're hopefully there for the community that have been doing this for a long time, the patients. Um, who need extra support and need to be recognised, um, as well as all the other people that you know visit our shows as well. But we try more and more to put those guys front and centre. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, authenticity is so important, and you know, Pasha and I have only been professionally in the cannabis. I say professionally. I mean, I've been smoking weed since I was like fourteen or something. But <laughs> I, I forget. But um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're actually involving as many people from the community as possible. And you'll see that as you walk around the show. You know, simply you're here. We've got Pi running around doing lots of interesting yeah. things. You know, we're working with people to make sure this is an accurate reflection of the community, of the culture, um, and we're trying to build an industry that is kind of both safe and secure and of a high quality, but is also good for the environment and good for all the people that are actually living on this planet as well. That's our mission. And we, we mean that more than anything else. Um, and we will, the pro I mean, what I've noticed since, you know, working in the, in the space is that we often talk about the community. There's a lot of infighting, isn't there? And it, it always has to be done their way or it's the wrong way. And actually the amount of infighting and arguing actually slows things down. And so I'll, I'll celebrate shows like Cannabis Europa, providing they are doing a good job. They're acting responsibly. They're keeping people safe and they're reflecting, you know, the plant and the culture in the right way. I will celebrate them. Mm. Um, I mean, we often talk about, uh, you know, target audiences and stuff like that. We're marketing people at the end of the day. So we need to make sure we're, we're attracting people to the show and that they're going to have a good time. We're putting on the right kind of experiences. Um, but it's, uh, it's, just because you smoke cannabis doesn't mean you're going to go to one of these events. You know, it's like saying, you know, you're Gucci and your target audience is people with feet. Obviously that's not the case. And so there are people out there that are genuinely interested in the culture. They're generally interested in furthering their understanding of cannabis culture, the plant, how it can be used. And that's the person that we're trying to attract. Um, you don't need to smoke weed to come to our show. A yeah. lot of people do. <laughs> but actually, we're just trying to get that message out there, break that stigma down. Like I said, build this kind of industry. Yeah. Um, and I think this year, you're going to see a fundamental shift in that direction. Um, and like I said, it's all these new experiences that people can get involved in. I mean, last year, you're quite right, Simple. We kind of, part of what we try and do is reflect on what's going on at any given time. So, you know, Noidex was the, the big 
topic last year, wasn't it? Everyone's like, oh, bud rot, God, this weed, this medical weed is crap. Um, and yeah, to an extent, you know, they're, they're, they're right. Um, and, you know, some people are pushing people on saying, this is why you should use the illicit market. My mate Dave down the road can get me stuff, which is amazing. And yeah, I dare say that is correct. But at that time, I think it was quite a divisive conversation because actually, you know, the fact that a product is getting recalled is symptomatic of a system that works. Drug dealers aren't going to pull that weed back because, you know, there was some bud rot in there. And so we wanted to bring that conversation to a platform where people can actually discuss it sensibly and hear both sides of the argument. Um, and there were the other bits as well. So there's like this chap who went to Legoland and he was like, oh, you know, can I consume my medicine there? And they're like, yes. It's like, wow, this is so forward thinking. It's Legoland and I can consume my medicine. This is amazing. Um, but then it's like, well, actually, you need to do it over there in the smoking area. And you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have a diabetic going and sitting underground, you know, under a bridge next to a heroin addict taking their medicine. So you shouldn't be forcing a, a cannabis patient to take their medicine uh, in, in unsavory environments or you know, surrounded by clouds of toxic smoke. And so what we did is we introduced these combustion zones. So, you know, we, we're quite careful with our language. Um, obviously, you don't want to, we want to keep people safe. And so what we're talking about is no combustion um, in those areas. So you can vape your medicine, no problem at all. We're not going to hassle you. Um, and that went down really well. And, you know, we were warned, like, don't go down this route. It's very, very contentious. But the worst thing you can do is hide away from a conversation. You should have the conversation and understand both sides of it. That's how you move things forward. Yeah, um, and we had, you know, the likes of drug science, you know, David Badcock. Yeah, I was going to say, like, actually, he's in the experience that drug science had there, I thought really cap captured that a little bit, didn't it? Because they met so many people who were medicating with serious illnesses, uh, for yeah. serious illnesses, who were completely unaware that... Um, there, there is a legal route that they can access in the UK, as difficult as it may be, um, but they were unaware of it. And I think that, to me, is you know that's that's the kind of people who were, were coming who are coming to the show, and that's you know this type of thing they're learning there. Or you know, there's much more beyond that as well. I mean, but that, yeah, it was interesting that. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this obviously to stand up for all for all sides here. I mean, that's a, still a potentially very limited marketplace. That's mm -hmm. about well, twenty thousand people in the country compared to the five million uh, projected uh, regular cannabis consumers. And but, yeah, but again, but, but as you say, but as you say, it is yeah. part of an inclusion of the industry. There is not, and there needs what to be gonna say from all sides. Sorry, go on. We did see. No, I was just going to chip in on there and just say that we did see a lot of people who were coming on behalf of their aunt and uncle or grandfather or somebody in their family who had cancer or some sort of condition that they wanted to learn more about how they could help those people. So there's quite, yeah, there's there is a different sort of there's a, a halo effect around the people who are patients, of course, because there's so many people who care about those people. So they also want to learn about it as well. It's simple. I know what you're going to say, um, and it is, you know, private prescriptions, it, it's great because 20,000 people, or I, I didn't even realize as much as that, actually, I thought it was about 18,000, but have got access now to legal cannabis. But what about the other, you know, millions yeah. and millions and millions, and it should be accessible to absolutely everybody. Um, and that's what we're starting to work on this year. Um, you know, we're going to have some prescribing doctors at the show. Um, we're trying to forward access by working with various partners. We've got our marketing agency as well, which is dedicated to cannabis and psychedelics. And we're working with these companies to kind of improve the, the research that's happening. Um, and ultimately, our goal is access to all. That's, that's what we want. Access to all, yeah. grow your own. But then the best thing that you guys can do is create an open platform. If they really believe in their concept and their idea is they stand on a stage and they defend it. 
open discourse and dialogue that is the only way we move forward the the volume of the conversations that i heard at cannabis europa that they would never dare utter outside of those walls they would never allow their true intentions to slip to go back to pasha's point no i believe it was ruby wright's instagram story where she uh, drew attention to the fact that the investors were there on day two in the morning and all of the buzzwords were there of we're here for the patients 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 all of the derisive language like medical cannabis and all of these false misnomers that they've delivered created as search engine optimized terms marketing terms um and then as soon as you had the patient panel and everything they went over, up got outside set up chain smoking their cigarettes and drinking their beer again whereas again if you then go to the cannabis events in the uk the people are consuming cannabis i'm sorry i brought this up a lot but, but seriously would you get a tattoo from a tattooist that doesn't have tattoos it's i know that's a bit of a different thing you're wearing it physically you can identify this but, but do you want somebody representing the cannabis culture and community that is not of it there are people that were born and raised in this whose fathers when they were children fed their kids through dealing you know that helped them through childhood illnesses long before any of these companies stuck their head above the parapet long before we even knew what the fuck thc was so there just needs to be this, in my opinion, this continuation of an, an opus com, open conversation. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm actually plugging my talk at Product Earth here, guys. But this is what I'm going to be all talking about is this, this idea that it's not binary. It's not oppositional. Everything is spectral. Everything in the world. And in cannabis right now, we've got the two extremes are gaining. So you have got the criminals who are willing to break the law through violence, that are willing to get kids armed on the street, who are willing to do un godly things with this beautiful plant of ours. And then on the other side, you've got the unscrupulous vulture capitalists coming in on the other side. And the majority of us are in the bell curve in the middle and we don't have a voice and we don't have representation. And one of the things, obviously you guys are quite aware, because I have pesties every other day, um, <laughs> that I'm trying to fight for at Product Earth is that th that space is there for these conversations because it's all well and good. These investor companies now coming in with novel silicon compounds that they've uh, created analogs from psilocybin and, and all of this, and they create these novel compounds and they're going to create all these therapies. And yes, it's wonderful to the small minority of people who can afford it. Yet the lads that go to Wales... Every, every fucking year and picking the hills. You know, Scottish lads that wander out of the city and spend a few days drinking mushy tea and just picking bin bags full. What are you going to do with them? What's going to, you know what I mean? It's, where yeah, is the, where's the line here? And this is where I think it's wonderful in some ways with what you are trying to do with Product Earth. You are obviously aware of the world in which we operate, the limitations of legislation, the restrictions of current regulations, but you are trying to be as inclusive as possible. And I think actually this, it's not an exclusive act by creating a medicinal or prescription consumption space. It is representation for a part, an aspect of the industry. And actually the, there is no favoritism in that because the rest of the expo is then still it's for all. And, and I think that that message in and of itself is quite powerful. Obviously, yes, my issue and umbrance with the prescription system right now is the terrible quality of the weed. I do have a video and a blog that I'm producing at the minute. It's got quite an announcement in it and some, some stuff um, that we'll be, sort of, we'll be talking about. But the majority of people that I've spoken to across the country are buying the pot. Mm. That is it. So they're happy for these companies it's, to race race to the bottom for yeah. 50 whatever a gram because that pot just gets cheaper for them. Then they go to Dave and go, Dave, fill her up. Yeah. And, that, and they're getting the better effect, but it's skewing the data because then they're lying to the clinics. They're feeding these forms and the feedback is then, I mean, oh, these products are good. This is good. That's good. And it's yeah. everything is corrupted and broken because none of us are willing to have an honest conversation. The majority of people I Absolutely. meet as well from the legacy market are combusting. They're not interested in vaporization, nor will they ever be. They have the vapes, they have the tech, but they're not, that's not what they want.
Yeah, I think it's, that's really, it's really interesting, that whole angle on it. And like, just to put my sort of view on that, I think like we definitely have see this in, in this industry in that some people will say to us, you can't talk about anything but medical sort of conditions around this because otherwise you'll get nowhere and nobody take you seriously. And, you know, to an extent, there are certain environments, I think, where that is probably the best method or the best way. Maybe it sounds like Cannabis Europa was one of those places. But I think like Matt and I, I mean, I don't know, like personally, like I'm probably a bit more like you, uh, simpler in that I'm an anarchist, you know, I'd like, like just crack all this stuff open and cause some trouble, you know, because like, actually, you know, it, like as soon as you get inside the science, it doesn't make any sense, right? You realize that all the legalization, all the, uh, you know, all the laws around it, all of the stuff that's been created just doesn't make sense compared to everything else that exists in the world right now at the moment. And so once you start to get into that mindset, I think that, yeah, sometimes maybe you just open it up. Like, like we were talking earlier a little bit about Thailand and places like that, which take a slightly different, at least when they do open things up, they have a sort of, right, let's turn the taps on and then, and then see how, what happens and see how to deal with it. But yeah, I think that this idea that there's, you can only do one or the other, um, I, I, I don't totally agree with. And hopefully that's where Product Earth sort of like has its little position. It sort of sits right in the middle there. Mm. And that's our aim anyway, I think. Yeah, we, we want to use our privilege that we've been afforded so we, yeah. we see it as a responsibility to yeah. provide the platform, and we take it really fucking seriously, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we've made some serious decisions this year, um, which has been very, very difficult to, to put a show together and to make sure that the costs did not come, like, blow up out of control. Um, you've, you've seen the ticket prices are exactly the same as last year. Um, that is not an easy thing to do. Our costs have gone up by 30, 40%. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's, we live in a crazy world right now, but um, it's our goal to not be passing those things on to the end consumer. Um, we really want to have a show that everyone can attend. Yeah. And you'll see one of the bits I'm, I'm outwardly proud of is the work that we're doing for patients. And I don't mean people on a cannabis prescription per se. I mean, just people with disabilities, prospective patients, you know, um, make sure that they have access and they can enjoy themselves as much as everybody else. Uh, and that comes through to the facilities that we're putting on, making sure we've got gravel mats over the grass in certain areas so they don't feel like isolated and they feel part of the show. Um, and again, just like making sure there's ramps and how everyone can get around. And we're very lucky with our venue. The, NA the NAEC is actually great. It'd be nice to have a bit more grass during the day, but actually um, it does allow us to do some interesting stuff like you'll have seen with the, the BMX park that's going in there this year. Uh, that's yeah. much easier when you've got hard standing to put it on. But um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about attracting new audiences. Um, Pasha's had this brilliant idea, which I absolutely love. Uh, the Bristol idea. We I don't think oh, we yes. We haven't yeah. talked about it yet. No, exactly. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, one of the things we wanted to try and do was actually two things was like, how do we create a reduced price ticket? And also I'm a big cycling fan. We're trying to activate people in Bristol as well. And we met this guy, uh, you might've seen him along the way called Roger Boyd. He's got a blog called thehealthystoner.com. Well worth checking out. And he spent a year, I think it was, or maybe a bit longer cycling around the world or the equivalent miles around the world, but across many different countries with his little trusty bait pen to dispel the myth of the lazy stoner, you know, which I think is great. And it really taps into one of those uh, archetypes that we're trying to break open here as well. Yeah. So yeah, actually by the end of this week, uh, well, by the time this podcast goes out, you'll, you'll be able to get a ticket that's half price. So the entire full weekend camping, um, which is normally £75, uh, but it will be like £35. And with that, you get your sort of guided tour from Bristol over two days, a cycle ride, 
um, you get your camping involved, uh, overnight camping before you get to the festival is included in that price. And uh, an evening meal, they're going to go to a curry house and, and get loads of food and stuff. So hopefully we've got a route for people who maybe don't want to spend so much money, but want to check it out and also want to sort of access, you know, and use their, use their pedals, use their legs <laughs> to get them there as well. And and this is just, we're starting this small this year um, and it's Bristol, but we're going to crack that open and sort of try and make it even bigger over the next few years as well. So it's just the beginning. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, actually, it's a good time to say it though, Pasha. So if there are people out there that have groups yeah. of hiking friends and want to lead a group next year, get in touch. We want to speak to you. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. We know that we know that weed and cycling goes hand in hand quite well, actually. So um, weed and everything you know, goes hand in hand. <laughs> that's that, true. That's true. I'm I'm starting to believe that's why we evolved hands. To be honest with you, <laughs> so the reason we have thumbs is just to get the roll, get that tuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I think in the, in the area of sports, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, stuff around sports again recently, in the last year or so, tennis and all sorts of other areas like that, yeah. isn't there? But oh, but they yeah. know that like marathon runners have used it for a while, and you know it, it really helps with concentration. I don't know if anyone's trained for a marathon i haven't but a friend of mine did and he said the most boring part of it is the hours and hours and hours of running you have to do before you have to do the hours of running so um yeah i think that people are using it for many different reasons you know there's a distraction method and uh yeah as, as a health method as well so it helps their, their muscles and things yeah i was just thinking on a silly side note there of other combustible drugs that you could use to aid in running i mean you could salvia <laughs> and run for some dragons i suppose um yeah, you know, yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting, obviously, with the sports thing. I mean, it, it's it's a huge market. So currently, obviously, the limitations of various understandings and the opposition of things like the opioid lobby, uh, antidepressants, uh, antipsychotics. You know, these are huge markets that have their own individual lobby arms within the pharmaceutical complex. They're currently very oppositional, obviously, to cannabis. Whereas as soon as WADA kind of goes, you know what, fuck it, we're done, we're done, we're pissing so much money up the wall, quite literally, with all these testing. <laughs> Let's just let, let it go. I mean, you saw, was it Steve Davies or one of them? One of the British snooker players basically advocated recently that he said he wanted to do a drug competition on YouTube where the players take different <laughs> drugs and play snooker. I'm not even fucking joking, honestly. I'll find I'll find, I'll find, I'll find, I'll find I've seen I've seen Steve Davis uh, DJing, so um, it is Steve yeah, I don't Davis know. I don't know it is, yeah. yeah, it, it must Steve be him. <laughs> yeah. I want to see him on drugs. <laughs> 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 we probably all have, right? I mean, I guess those guys uh, exactly. That's it. Again, that again, around the snooker halls, I guess. Back again, you, you think how boring of a sport some of these things are. Again, it's like you've got baseball players out there that if you know hit home runs and shit with fucking LSD and people like drugs. Ooh, that's we, crazy. We're starting to understand that slowly as a culture and society. It's just the legislative and the moralizing arms of our society that are a bit we're not but sure of course, of course we've always liked them if we think about it you know and we've always been open about them but not these specific ones it's but, the, the problem yeah. is it's, it's not the drugs that are the, the problem it's when it's not what you actually think it's going to be that's when the problem is adulteration is drugs is actually creating the problem um, yeah. but i tell you what it's funny that you bring up the sports thing because we're again this is our little reflection of what we how we're taking this on board so we've got this BMX Invitational this year. Oh, yes. uh, we had yeah, we're really skate excited about that. Last year. Um, skate park was great. You know, I, I brought my skateboard along. Uh, I may have consumed some medicine and then suddenly got really fearful and didn't go on any of the ramps. I didn't want to break my leg. Uh, but yeah, people got involved. This year, but under the guidance of 414 Skate Parks, they said, look, let's do bigger ramps. And then, you know, everyone can do kind of crazy flips and stuff like that. So we've done that. It's still going to be open for people in parts, but we are 
flying in people in the BMX world from around the world uh, to actually take part in this BMX Invitational. There's a prize purse and everything like that. And the format of it is going to allow people to take several attempts at tricks. So you will be seeing some absolutely like special tricks. But the secret sauce here is we've now got our own BMX team. So, you know, we're used to seeing Red Bull. We're used to seeing Monster sporting, uh, sponsoring, sorry, all these kind of these teams. And the, the thing that triggered me recently is we're seeing, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a football guy. I'm barely a sporty guy. You can probably tell. But when uh, Ronaldo, he was sat down for a press conference and he had oh, yes, yeah. smoke in front of him and he kind of pushed it to the side. He's like, Agua. And it's like, yeah, quite right. You don't drink a can of Coke and then go and play a game of football. Uh, it's, that's just, that's nonsense. And so why are we celebrating these caffeinated, sugary, poisonous, horrible, chemically drinks um, as part of sport? Um, so we're now going to be, as a cannabis brand, sponsoring three world-class BMXs. They're going to be performing actually at our show um, and trying to challenge that. So rather than squashing the stigma, we're going to flip it on its head because cannabis isn't bad. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It can play a very key role in a healthy well-being um, and kind of exercise, exercise regime. So really looking forward to getting that out. I've been designing shirts for them this morning. <laughs> I am not good at designing shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine them just being black, saying product earth on them. I think that's the way it's going to go. But yeah, yeah, just really excited about that as well. Just a new aspect to the show yeah, and hopefully a reflection of the positive aspect of uh, a cannabis lifestyle. Mm. So I was going to say, obviously, obviously, the CBD side of that plugs into it quite well as well, and that you've seen a massive explosion in that. And that sometimes is an easier way for people to to get through to it because cannabis has the stigma attached yeah. to it, and CBD doesn't. But. Yeah, well, it's again, cannabis is moving into all kinds of arenas, motorsport as well as an interesting one, which again, by association, challenges perception. Obviously, the uh, <laughs> you look at what happened with uh, tobacco and Formula One, and what happened with the mirror whole facade in Ferrari, and how Marlborough really tried so fucking hard to hang on to some form of association. I mean, they worked out the logo they put on the back of the Ferrari. For, this is showing my F1 fanage here, um, which is only <laughs> given my class. But the the the, um, the tail on the back of the Ferrari, they designed it so that at high speed, the colour of it made you associate it to the Marlborough colours. It was, it was such a clever little bit wow. of marketing to put in. They could call it, and then all the alcohol companies, all of a sudden, several of them, I swear to God, have only released then zero alcohol brands to then keep the sponsorship in certain circles where they couldn't because of association. So Heineken zero zero is still sponsoring major national sport and uh, racing events, you know? Um, so I think then cannabis being associated to this, and even if it is then I suppose alcohol free versions in some, some sectors, it still sets um, an association that erodes a prejudice and a stigma that has been, you know, long founded. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's really, really good to see in, in sport, uh, to, for you guys to be branching out in that way. And I think it's, it's a great way to showcase, uh, external from the cannabis space, the values of kind of product earth, you know what I mean? So, so for all, obviously there's a, a business transaction and all the rest of it, you are still sport, uh, supporting a lifestyle. And I think that is something that people need to kind of pay attention to when they're looking at brands and companies that are out there and what they are doing with, with profits and with, with their, uh, their purses, you know what I mean? There's a lot of companies out there exactly back to that cannabis expo that are saying the right words, pretending that they are doing the right things, but behind closed doors are very much screwing everyone in the pursuit of profit. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Okay. So we've, we've, we've touched on quite a few things that are going to be on the expo this year. Um, I'm trying to think things that I know, but I don't know if it's public yet. 
So I don't know whether I should say a certain thing. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, Simpa. So something that we're quite excited about, we, I mean, it's been unprecedented, the amount of demand, which is, I think, my passion and I look so fucked at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's attracting a lot of new exhibitors. Um, but one area which we are blown away by is genetics. Um, uh, we've never seen so many genetics companies coming to the show. It's always a very, very successful part. Um, we want we want to attract more and more. Uh, we love the UK genetics. We love Cali genetics. We love the genetics coming over from Spain, wherever they are. But um, that's anyone that's interested in preserving genetics and souvenirs, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, should definitely enjoy that part of the show. Um, and actually, can I do a, a little plug? Can I do a quick plug for these? Yeah, hit it. Uh, all right, a uh, very commercial message, but again, we want to give people free stuff as much as physically possible. So um, I got some packets of uh, cheese seeds from Milo, um, the man himself. And what we're going to be doing on the build up to the show is we're going to be giving away one packet of five feminized seeds to someone who has bought a ticket at random. Uh, and I dare say we're going to have more and more brands joining in with this. We tend to do it on the build up to the show. It's great to kind of demonstrate who's there and what they're what they're going to be doing and it's also great to give people free stuff so uh yeah buy your tickets now because you've got the highest chance of actually winning some um and yeah we'll, we'll keep you updated with uh, everything that's going to be going out and that is an exclusive we haven't even posted about that yet i mean actually needs to put his finger out and get the post <laughs> how much they're in one of these ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, now that that again's brilliant you're showcasing again it's it's the original uk cheese as far as i'm i'm aware obviously there is some Absolutely. contention Old legacy growers, yeah, fighting the comments amongst yourselves. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's. I will, I will. Yeah, post on this one, on, yeah. on the story behind it, and it was really contentious. And we'd love, I think we could, we'll have an interview with Milo at some point, and uh, we'll get some of that out there and clear it up once and for all, perhaps. <laughs> Again, it's, it's tra transparency and honesty. And I think this is what these, well, Product Earth as an expo could showcase most is the depth, the diversity of the culture and to remember and to remind first and foremost, these nascent novice individuals that are moving into this, that this didn't just happen fucking yesterday. Some of us have been at this a very long time. And I say that as someone that's only been doing it for 20 years, there's people living out at 40, 50, 60, that, that is their entire legacy. And then bringing people together as well. It's the, it's that melting pot. And from it, we all get to feed off that broth, man. And it'll taste good if we get the right ingredients. I'm very, uh, Metaphorical, you know. I mean, like, uh, you know, that was, yeah, was, was good. Though. That was good. <laughs> I want to feed from the broth. Come on, let's do it. Well, it's, just, it's again. It's, it's many, many hands make light work to steal under the metaphor. In, in the, it, it is. It's. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes to the fact that you guys hired me after much persistence to 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 go around and poke in the corners and behind the cracks and and have a look and see whose voice isn't heard, who is not being represented. You know what can be done to advance community representation and to ensure that even the dark spots that we miss and the places that there are many many people that just can't be seen still they will never attend this event but their voices still need to be heard and i think by allowing myself and pie grade to kind of go out and, and gather this information to speak to these individuals is, is going to be beneficial for all parties involved really definitely i mean we, we're trying to you know forward the entire movement um but you can't do that and leave people behind and uh unfortunately it's this is this is hard work you know how hard it is simple um and so it's good to have people on the ground making sure that we're not losing kind of touch with with the community not losing touch with ourselves and we're focusing on the right things um so yeah we're i'm, I'm really pleased with the direction it's going we've still got a long way to go i mean what six weeks away 
oh, kind of gives me anxiety thinking about that. But um, you know, there's there's so many things that we're organising. Um, you know, Mills is back with our after dark. I think that was, that's quite that's quite a big area of development actually. The uh, the after dark um, village. Uh, we've got like an actual marketplace in there. You said you wanted a space for and um, the community, so we've added another fire pit uh, which won't have fireside chats. So you can just hang around the fire pit now. Um, we've got and that is actually right outside the Smoky Tentacles tent. Uh, we're bringing a shisha lounge. Um, so people can hang around, have shisha, chat to one another, sit by the fire, have their community chats. And then Mills is putting on a variety of uh, various entertainment. Because I think you kind of fall into a trap, don't you? And it, you, you kind of put on the music that you want to listen to, but that's not a reflection of what everybody wants. Or you kind of, you have one genre and you stick to that. It's like, right, let's just bang out drum and bass all weekend. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody wants that, believe it or not. So, we're, so we've got a different identity on each day. So actually, our, our recommendation would be buy a weekend ticket just to see the full end-to-end -end experience. But um, Friday's going to be... Festival Friday. I keep forgetting what, we're, what we've called them all, but Festival Friday, and that's where you're going to get your EDM, your drum and bass, all of that kind of stuff. It's going to feel nice and ravey. Um, on the Saturday, Sensory Saturday, obviously this is where we celebrate, you know, the world of psychedelics. Um, it's going to be a little bit more, for want of a better word, cabaret, where there's going to be performances, shall we say, and, uh, you know, James Prophet at Mills, he's a creative chap, and he's put some really, really good stuff on the roster. So I'm looking forward to that all coming to fruition. And then on Sundays, we know Sundays things wind down a little bit earlier. People have to go to work or just go home on Monday morning. They don't want to be absolutely blitzed. So uh, we're going to do uh, an outdoor cinema as well. We've got some Chesterfield sofas coming up so people can just sit around, have a chat, talk about what the hell happened over the last few days, watch some nice films and uh, kind of wrap it up like that. So you will get this kind of slight evolution each day and it's going to feel a little bit different, uh, which I think, I think is going to be a nice touch. Um, but time will tell. Time will tell. Excellent. So, that section, that area, we just like the shoot tent and giving you that space to kind of get everyone together and, and things will be great because it's that breakaway spot that people want to go and chat and digest and debrief everything. For those who don't want to go and drown, so, yeah, it's going to be great. Again, it's, yeah, it's, it's, food. I was going to say something for the food. I think. We got it right and we got it wrong last year. We got it right in that the quality went up, the queues were too long, the price points weren't great. So we've had a lot of work with that. Um, that people have seen Neil uh, from in any event catering. They've seen him on the stories. He's a funny lad, and we love having part of the show. Uh, he's well, over doubled the amount of food vendors we've got. Um, much more diversity is there as well. You know, some people want to spend twenty, twenty-five pound on a meal, and they should be able to. Uh, and other people want to spend a few quid, and they should be able to. So, and some people want to eat salads. I'm not necessarily a salad eater. I'm more of a burger eater. But um, you know, we, we've kind of got a little bit of everything for everyone. And uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And on the Sunday, we are doing a Sunday roast with an infused gravy, which <laughs> could be quite interesting. Uh, obviously, CBD. <laughs> interesting interesting yeah the, again the, you've, you've covered a lot of the points that were kind of worries or um remarks made by people from sort of last year's show and i think that that again is, is brilliant i mean you think of the uh, the amount that you're actually providing this year the fact that you haven't raised tickets given that we're facing 10 potentially 11 percent inflation I, I think it's fucking it's monumental frankly it's fucking monumental um and Again, it's that spectrum. Yeah, there will be people still that that £75 will be a fucking lot of money. I'm going to be honest with you, going to kind of show up the other day, wiped me out. 
wiped me out. That's two weeks worth of fucking food budget, everything. I've got now till I get paid again. It is, it's the way a lot of people live in this country. And it is, as you say, the spectrum. Some people have and want to pay for and, and have that service. But again, I think in every aspect, as long as you can showcase that spectrum of societal access, you know, that they already kind of have and they're expectant, it will welcome more people. Because like I said, that's, that's yeah. And there's, there's some good, good incentives out there, folks. Like, I mean, if you happen to use Simper, for example, you can save 10% on your tickets. So they'll buy you a lovely meal at Product Earth now, we've just heard. <laughs> well, I think the best way is to go to Bristol, jump on your bike, get a 35-pound yeah. ticket, carry on us. <laughs> a nice yeah. free camping spot. Yeah. Lovely That's probably the best way. And just saving the environment. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, there's, I mean, there's so many costs to an event, and some of them are just unavoidable. You know, the venue costs tens yeah. of thousands, security tens of thousands. There's not a lot we can do about that. Mm. But, um, you know, if someone's going to be investing the large part of what they've got is their disposable income that month, those so several months, we want to put on as many different things as possible for them so they get the bang for the buck. And so if you can stretch to that 75 quid, we, we will guarantee you that you're getting a great experience and good value for money. Um, and what we'll do is like we're, we're working on more and more incentives to be able to help people get to the show, as Pat has been saying with the, the biking being one of them. Um, and if you've got ideas, we we want to hear them. We we love listening to feedback. Feedback's a gift, so keep it coming. Yeah, I'll make sure to feed you one from the comments. I've got a, a few to run by you as well, actually, that I think may may be reciprocally beneficial to yourselves and the end consumer. Um, love it. Which I'll probably not do on a live podcast, uh, but we'll do later. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I think you're doing well by the amount that you're considering in other aspects. There's a lot of uh, entities and organisations that were established at a similar time to Product Earth that I don't want to say has necessarily lost their soul or direction, but are not necessarily reflecting of the values they espouse. So, I mean, what is, I guess, the ethos of Product Earth moving forward? Like, it's uh, we've quite got an awareness of what it is now, but obviously we're in a very highly transient period where as soon as Germany sorts its shit out, the EU is going to do some big... Scotland at the way fucking Boris is going, they're gone. Um, there's going to be some big changes that are going to cause the landscape of investment and of legislation in the next few years. So what is kind of the, the direction, the thoughts, the, the plan of Product Earth moving forward, if, if you can divulge such a thing? Well, it is difficult to divulge um, just, you know, because of the legality of it all. I mean, in my in my head, I've got this Bugsy Malone moment where everyone flips the tables over. It's <laughs> just weed everywhere. Um, I, I'd love to do that and kind of just, you know, be a bit of a free-for-all. Because, you know, even just with cannabis, I think you know, you'll, you will get into a world eventually where there's going to be this kind of low-price crap weed but it it serves a purpose and then you're going through to like your your craft beer type of uh of cannabis and i think you know that will be something that product earth will be able to showcase we'll stay rooted in what we're doing about being a reflection of the culture being a reflection of the time um, and education is always going to be deep rooted in everything that we do because i think you know people either do know a lot, think they know a lot, but there's always more that you can learn. Um, and not just about what impacts you, but also other people around you. Um, cannabis prohibition has impacted certain groups more than others. And I think that's often forgotten. And so I think the more we can showcase that, the more we can give opportunities to people um, to help build the industry as it should be built, the better it is. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm really proud of our uh, mission 
where, where it is really about building the industry. We, if, if we are helping other businesses succeed, we will be successful. Um, and so I just want to focus on those end consumers, focus on the businesses, um, help the, the good actors survive and grow um, and flourish. And I think there's a number of different ways we can do that. I mean, we've already got big ideas for next year, which I'm really, really excited about. And I can't talk about those just in case. We want to be the first to do it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always going to be more and more experiences, uh, more celebrations. Uh, you know, let's have some more cups going on and just make sure that we truly are representing uh, the, the culture behind cannabis. What about you, Pasha? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, because I think like, again, I was thinking whilst you were answering, I was thinking about how, for me, it's uh, always been about like the story and the stigma because coming from a content background and, you know, seeing how, how vastly different uh, people view cannabis here versus America, for example. And I worked in the tech industry previously and uh, did some work with the governments uh, at the time, 10 years ago or so, who were trying to attract technology companies back to sort of Britain, you know, and Britain used to be this big technology sort of powerhouse, but suddenly all the big names were the front facing companies like Google, Facebook, you know, all these kind of companies. And we didn't really have any of those. And I thought it was quite interesting, this idea of attracting those companies over here when at the exact same time, you know, America was legalizing uh, cannabis, like, you know, the Uber for weed was launched, the Instagram for weed was launched, you know, and they were getting a, essentially another sort of 20 year head start on us uh, ahead of ahead of what we can do over here in this country. Um, which, I, you know, that's the part that for me that I take really seriously. It's about, you know, if we're talking about leveling up this country and getting better and doing all those things, then really I, I genuinely believe the cannabis has a huge role to play in that. And so I think, you know, for me with Product Earth, and I think Simple, we've talked about this before, and sort of like it's so interesting for me to have so many people who are advocates in one space. And as I said before, I really think that as a demographic is interesting. It should be interesting to advertisers. It should be interesting to big brands out there. You know, actually, instead of being stigmatized, this group of people should be having things thrown at them, um, tests, you know, ask them questions. They should be kind of like thrown up there as the model of the future. You know, this is the, where we're working towards and that's what people will look like in the future. So, yeah, I, I guess it's all about, for me, it's about like, how do we put that on the map? How do we, you know, how do we use Product Earth, which happens once a year, in a single location, how do we make that story resonate all year round um, in between the shows and permeate you know, beyond the show? So not just mm. for those four or 5,000 people who come yeah. to the show. Well, I've got a, got a pitch for you. I've got two words for you. <laughs> Product North. <laughs> I see what you've done there. Where, where yeah, does it take yeah. place? <laughs> oh, up north. <laughs> is, that especially, is, that, uh, is that completely unbiased, there, Simpa? Uh, you know, uh, just um, this again. The industry, industry, industries are different, but I think the one thing as product earth grows that there is. It's, it's good the location that you have. Warwickshire is quite central compared to a lot of the south, but to some of the north, that's still fucking down there. The infrastructure that we see in this country, you run about the, uh, it being an easier way for people to access it, there's still going to be people coming, doing round trips close to a thousand miles. You know, they're not exactly going to be in the most eco-friendly vehicles. They're not, no fucker is going to be using rail right now, given everything that's going on. It's, everything's a bit sort of up in air. Whereas then, it's all one again, like I said, gathering people in that one spot. Whereas you can also then, once it builds to a certain mass, 
through uh, mitosis, you can split it down and then to another and then another and another, and it it covers more ground. So then you do one every six months because again, the the speed at which the cannabis industry is advancing, research intelligence, every knowledge base, everything is flying. So literally, they'll publish a study the start of the year. By the middle of the year, somebody else has disproved it. It's gone through two different political rigors, and now it's on both sides of the fences. Evidence for whatever argument is currently being made. And then another piece arrives and another, and then there's this technology, and then this happens in this, this culture. I mean, again, we're very UK-centric, and it's product Earth, large international. Obviously, I know you guys do very well with bringing in international brands, and you're marrying that very well this year from what I've seen with, with uh, homegrown brands. But also the conversations around how other places moved forward. For all each individual region's uh, legislative systems are different, the concepts of how to remind the people that in most regions, the reason they got forward or they're actually really making ground is because of the people and give the power back to the people at the minute. The majority of the community feels powerless. They see all of this affluence and money. And again, the two extremes of that bell curve, the vendors and the people who are like, I don't give a fuck. We're going to do whatever. And the people on the other side who are in the air quotes legal sector, who are also not giving a fuck, making vast amounts of money. And again, I think the this kind of showcasing of how the advancement around the world is going is then, uh, it did what it did to me, like I told you guys, the fireside chat, that moment of inspiration of fuck me, there is an industry, there is hope, there is an opportunity that my skills, my knowledge, my experience doesn't make me a druggie or a waster or a loser. I'm, a, I'm an ex-subject to expert witness. You know, I, I've learned and accrued all of this knowledge that you can't buy. There is no textbook. There is no university you can go to. You can't get what we have got and there are hundreds of thousands if not millions of us in this fucking country that have that expertise and that need that opportunity to be inspired to go aye alright then let's go to fuck yeah. do it guys infiltrate cannabis rope and next year we're going to have a whole we'll set up our own marquee outside we're going to be blazing fucking half ounce joints we'll go and listen to the seminars and engage properly and obviously we'll not be antisocial but we'll represent our culture as it should be done. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is power in, in, in us as a movement, people. So the more we can do to inspire them, then the, the leaders emerge, the narrative emerges, the direction emerges once we conglomerate together. So yeah, that four or 5,000, we want 40, 50,000. We want that twice a year, four times a year, six times a year. Absolutely. So I'm getting way ahead of my game there, but you know, we can do a few things, right? Because we can, uh, we can break down the show. There's going to, there's so many components to now we can break down the show. We can do kind of mini events popping up all over the place. I don't want to, we're not money grabbing people. We're not out there to squash all these other shows. In fact, we want to encourage them and support them. So we certainly don't want to be stepping on people's toes, but if there's something we can do to add to people's experiences, yeah. and we definitely want to get into that world. Um, uh, but also, like you said, we are product earth. We're not product UK. Um, I was having a really nice chat with uh, the guys at RPM in Colombia uh, a few weeks ago. And it was really interesting just to hear the challenges that they're facing, which are fundamentally different to the UK. Um, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. Should we have a, a, a product earth in Colombia? And there's a lot of people telling me right now, have a, have a product earth in Thailand. And, you know, again, really, really interesting. There's a lot going on there. What's going on with the licensing around um, medical licenses for growing for personal medicinal consumption? I think it's really, really interesting. It's, it's tens of thousands of applications have gone through. Um, so yeah, and the beaches aren't bad in Thailand either. So that would be quite a nice uh, uh, product full moon party, maybe or something like that. But, who knows? but you know, we we're definitely wanting to put more shows on the map, absolutely. But um, it's all about sustainable growth. It's about making the right kind of decisions. Um, we don't want to tread on people's toes. And there's a 
you know it's a big it's a big planet for us so uh, we want to make sure that we're working with the right kind of people as well yeah yeah i was, was going to just add to that and say that obviously last year was the first time like these are small steps but this is kind of going in this direction but we put the seminars online you know for the one of the first times that we've done before and we're kind of we're going to increase how we record what happens at the show and how that's distributed and, and how it gets to people because we suddenly realized that actually there's although it's not the same as kind of providing a show in a real physical space for everyone but you know, these, there's so many good messages that happen in that space that it, it's a shame if they just stay locked there exactly to your point. So that's like part one, definitely, is, is get what is happening already, get it out there further um, and wider as, as a first point of call. But yeah, I think, you know, it'll be great to kind of do other bits like that. But I think as exactly as Matt said, you know, in the first instance, how, do, how can we support other people doing that um, and reach more people definitely? Yeah, I think I've got... Yeah, I mean, the, the seminar zone content is so, so important. It's, yeah. it's an event in itself just going to the seminar zone. <laughs> There's just yeah. this tiny little floor space you know, or something. Yeah. But we've got, I mean, it's so nice. We're a bit more organized this year, thanks to uh, Chris Tasker, Sam Cannon, Shanna, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, we're actually much more organized and the caliber of the conversations that are going to be happening. And, you know, there's people on stage together that you won't get anywhere else. And these are going to be really meaningful conversations. Um, so, yeah, um, that's, we're going to be announcing that quite soon, aren't we, Pasha, I think? I think so over the next week or so. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks, exactly. And I think the other thing that we tried to do more this year was uh, pull people in who weren't necessarily in the sort of cannabis specific space. And that sort of works both ways for us. You know, we've got a speaker who's a chair of the Soil Association and various other sort of legitimate um, groups that are in these sorts of places and people who will eventually have to take some sort of view over these things, you know. And so bringing, I think, some of the, that part of the world into this space, I think, is also really important to show them, you know, and, and vice versa, that it's it's okay. They can sort of operate there, and the, the yeah. people are nice and normal, and they're quite smart actually, and they've got a lot to say and a lot of yeah. knowledge, a huge amount of knowledge. Yes, yeah. as you said, simply, you know, this stuff isn't written down anywhere else, so mm. you know, it really yeah. is passed over. It, it, I think that's really important, Pasha, as well. You know, we when, when we've got, like, I'm just thinking about the medical side of things now. We, we're going to have brands there which are probably a little bit reticent to join a show like Product Earth because they're worried about a backlash. And the fact that they have got the bottle to actually come and represent their companies and speak to people, um, I think they should be celebrated for that. You know, they, you may not dis, uh, you may not agree with what they have to say, um, but they are coming out here and they are willing to kind of engage with the community. Um, and to educate where they possibly can and to listen and to learn for themselves. Gonna, I was going to say, and to be educated, because if yeah. uh, <laughs> some of these brands are the brands I'm thinking of, then they really do need to listen a lot more at yeah. this expo than they need to go, Absolutely. here's a flyer in our sales pitch, here's a flyer in our sales pitch. If there's a genuine and they are honest and they want to be there, then yeah. fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I, I've been blown awesome. away by it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. I, I won't call them out just yet, but um, it's the, the names that you'd probably expect to be the evil guys. They have been very much like, we're actually looking at Product Health as a place to learn. We've come and listen to the real people. And I, I've, I've been blown away by that. Yeah. Um, it's this showcase. Yeah. It is evident then of the product is a showcase of the industry. You can come. So literally, if you want to know what cannabis is in the UK, I would recommend Product Health because you do showcase every aspect. I'm going to put you in a slight bit of a hot seat with two points here, which uh, I don't know. I'm sorry if there's a rough bit of a screen going here. I've pissed them off and I've had to edit this out. Um, <laughs> but, um, you, 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 there's uh, one thing we've gone kind of back and forth on um, kind of privately and I'm going to kind of put you in the hot seat uh, and kind of like, we really need this. A community record, ooh, a community recording space uh, for people like myself off floor 
to then if these people are going to be there and willing to have conversations and debates and discussions where we can go and have a you can put a nice product earth big media wall and all your partners and then pay for it and sub, sub it and just with the equipment that people can use soft furnishings and have these conversations to put out in their other platforms this conversation doesn't just need to happen over three days this needs to happen 365 days and this we are one step ahead of you simple here we go give the, give the announcement here we go so we, we are making some headway look we're not confirmed just yet so if, if it doesn't quite pan out as i'm saying it then you know, it is what it is. But uh, MPK Media, who, as you know, do all of our production at the show, um, they bring a big old bus along. And actually, they have said that people can use that space for interviews. So that's one of them. Uh, we've got Skunk Magazine coming down as well, coming over, I should say, from the US, which is great. Um, I had emails this morning from Canavista. I think they want to come and bring their bus down to do exactly the same thing. So you ask and we shall provide. Um, that is exactly what we're trying to do. I don't know how we're going to organize it. There's one thing at a time, but yes, it's that is exactly what we're trying to talk yeah. out. See, this is all we, we live in magic little lives. These talking shitting monkeys that we are, we just manifest our reality in front of us. Um, I suppose <laughs> in, is, 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 is this podcast a pitch meeting? <laughs> I've got, I've got one more. I've got, 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 well, yeah, I've trapped you, didn't you? You didn't realise this. This isn't about five hour podcast. It's me pitching my life. Yeah. So another one that, that kind of really hit me important this year, every year I am called upon to have megaphone duties in Wales at the Global Cannabis March. It is uh, a day of activism yeah. on the first Saturday of May every year. It has been celebrated for, I think, 15, between 15, 10 years. I can't pull the lineage out of my head. Um, but basically, the UK is one has always been in Wales in Cardiff. Cardiff police are beautiful and wonderful to us. They do not give a fuck every year. I lead it with a half-ounce joint, and we laugh every year with the cops, and we have fun, and I've got the megaphone, and we, we joke. And we get to about 1,000 people on, a, on previous years. COVID previously this year, we only got about three 400 people at sort of max. But this is, again, entirely homegrown, organized by people with no money and no investment. Would mm. Product Earth be interested in helping to put together this March for next year would being helped to in some way through obviously reciprocal promotion and advertising, be able to give resource and means to allow the, this to be the loud March to, for this year, next year not, for us, us to be present, you know, because it is this unity between us all. One of the things cannabis Europa taught me is, as I've said to people, one day the war will be over. We will all have to live together, whether it's the police, the people that locked you in prisons, the ones that kept you fucking there, whether it's the doctors that lied to you and called you insane, or whether it's the business folk on either end of the spectrum, the criminals, we've all got to live together. So I think that that is a way that we can show unity in a way that will, again, invigorate people, hopefully give them an, uh, some hope that, yes, when cannabis le legislation changes, I will be able to profit, I will be able to prosper, I will be able to participate. We're all is. I mean, to be honest, I think what we'd like to probably do is do it in a, a low key way. I wouldn't want to make it about product earth. This product earth is about product earth, you know, yeah. but anything we're doing outside of that, if we can support a movement, um, I'm all is, you know, this is exactly what this is exactly what I'm talking about when I want to get involved in community events and helping people. Um, we have a certain element of privilege and um, I think we're in a good position to help people. You know, there's lots of things we can do. Um, whether it's our skill set, whether it's kind of financial. Um, and yeah, I, I'd love to absolutely help it. I, I, I loved your video from it. I thought it was great. It was so sad to see the numbers uh, dwindling. Um, but, you know, if you, if you believe that this is something that um, people would be open to, then, you know, I, I'm definitely open to supporting these kind of things 100%. That's what we're all about. Definitely. We'd, I've got a few ideas in terms of dual locations. 
again, because even just part of the ethos of cannabis that I think is massively overlooked by the entirety of the legal sector is the carbon footprint. You have got the single best natural resource for sequestering carbon, yet you are then using materials and importing and exporting it and creating God knows how much amount of fucking atmospheric carbon. And it's just not considered into it. Obviously, yeah. you guys will be much more aware of like ESG and, and how all of the carbon credits and these systems are going to be coming into play moving forward. And I think the uh, decentralizing some of these events, but with a similar ethos, obviously I can't lead all of them, um, but we can find champions of people that can be that, that just playful with the people and engaging and just showcasing that we are here. We are proud cannabis consumers, whether we choose to identify as I just use CBD or I've got a prescription and I'm a patient or I'm a rebel and an anarchist or I'm a whatever the fuck you are. If you're for cannabis, yeah. this march is for you. And if product earth is for cannabis, that's a match made in heaven in my mind. Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell you what, it was great to see Sam Cannon and his group up there at COP26 having all these kind of conversations as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam Sam's, uh, does a lot of work in this space and I think he's doing a fantastic job. Um, and we want to do more and more about this at Product Earth as well. Um, it's, yeah. it's so, so crucially important. And so you're going to see more um, kind of incentives um, around carbon footprints and the work that we're going to be doing to make sure that we are operating as the kind of company that, that we want to be something that really is genuinely helping the environment. It's difficult. It's, it's, it's so easy to fall into a trap where you're creating an awful carbon footprint, you know, where, where the food trade is coming from, you know, where are you offering discounts on tickets? Are you flying people in when actually you've got someone that lives down the road? Um, all of these kind of things add up and uh, I want to be a very responsible company and hopefully lead the way in this space as well. Wouldn't it be great if cannabis companies start showing the big boys how it should be done? Uh, we start yeah. we start building that that uh, industry without that glass ceiling, without that racism, without that sexual bias. Um, you know, that's that's I'm all for that. And uh, you know, it's Definitely. it's going to take a while, but you know, it's something that we're constantly thinking about for sure. Yeah, one actually, you, funny you should mention the the event up in uh, Edinburgh for COP26, and it was astounding. You know, it kind of occurred to me then watching these guys talking about what they're calling it hemp of course i know simply you wouldn't call it hemp it's all cannabis um i was i was i was I was, I was I was sat in the, i was sat in the crowd pointing this out to everybody uh, quite sure uh, annoyingly for some people but sorry <laughs> but continue. the thing is it's, it's the same issue that i used around the stigma and around the understanding of it again so for me it's a communication issue you know someone stands up there and talks about the 150 different benefits without consuming it for health benefits of the, the hemp or cannabis plant, you know, what you can do with it and what it does. And it does those things better than anything else, by the way. And it just doesn't sound true. You know, it doesn't ring true unless you understand it and you're inside it and you work in this every day. It sounds like a load of bullshit because like what, surely if that is the truth, why the hell are we not using it? And it's like, it's as stupid as that really, isn't it? That's the answer. Um, and so I think like, it's, it's how do we get that across? You know, where do we start? Do you start by telling some people one part of it? You start by telling them, you know, and it's sort of, it's endless. And actually this spurred on the conversation that is still ongoing um, that I have with a, a Channel 4 presenter who is uh, looking to uh, open her own hemp farm, basically. And so we were talking about developing a documentary in, and trying to tackle this in three different parts, essentially, three parts or limited doc that could go out on Channel 4. So. That's something we're trying to do in the background. You know, it's a really long burn. It might not never happen, but we're trying to think of different ways like that. And again, it's a kind of shout out to you and the community and everybody listening to it here. It's like, we need more 
ways to sort of communicate these stories. We need more people to tell their story. I think, you know, actually before I joined Product Earth, um, it was through a, a, a mutual colleague of Matt and I that we met each other. Um, and he's a really smart guy, Gavin, Safia Nathan. I'm sure you maybe have had him on the podcast and things. If not, you should. Um, but yeah, one thing we always talked about in the early, early days of this was that it was clear that it wasn't going to be men probably even, let alone stoners, young men uh, typically, but but even men like me and Matt perhaps who were going to change the world. You know, it's probably going to be mothers and children because actually that's when, you know, the universe decides that you can't really say no to a mother and a child, you know, if it's going to save their life and make their life easier, then it's a much sort of stronger uh, pitch than us coming out with, you know, these are all the good reasons why it should be legal. No one listens to you because it's too much information. It sounds, doesn't ring true. And so I think, yeah, it's really complex. It's a really complex issue in how we communicate all this stuff. And I think that the hemp plant is suffers so badly um, and it's really unjust. And some people, the guys at Hempen, you know, who had their crop destroyed after CBD was sort of regulated. I mean, it's ridiculous, absolutely right. criminal. And it, it tears me up actually when I watched that video. Um, we've published it on our uh, site. It's on their YouTube channel. Um, it's absolutely like it's gutting, you know, to watch these people walking through this farm. And if you've grown any plant whatsoever in your life, you know, you form an attachment with it and you understand the life. Yeah, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can cut this segment, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, anyway, it, it, it brings a tear to my eye. It really does. And it's like, I think that, yeah, we need to share that more. Basically. It, it, so we need to find it, more yeah. routes to share that kind of stuff. Well, part of these buses and these media spaces is exactly that. It's the conglomeratization <laughs> exactly. of, of these conversations. One of the key aspects that is missing from cannabis reform that is now at the forefront of most other drug reform movements is lived experience. Nothing about us without us. Yet you go into that cannabis Europa, how many of them people were in there that weren't cannabis consumers? And the ones that were were only the ones that were scripted up because that's the only way they dare consume cannabis. It's not representative of the vast majority of people's moral stance upon this. I mean, you you say that you're cutting conversations, saying it's not going to be men that change the world. I'm sorry, but fucking what, 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago, Roe v. Wade was overturned in America. It is still old institutional fundamentalist Christian white men that are making the, the choices. And I know I'm highly aware that we are three fucking, you know, privileged individuals. I was going to uh, assume your, your race there, Pasha, and I don't really know. Your name's still me. So I don't know, but again, generally... I'm mixed. <laughs> but given our positions, you know, our, our accents even, you know, and our, I suppose your affluence, I just sound like I'm Southern and posh. I'm not really. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, but you know what I mean? I, I just meant in the position, I'm speaking entirely for a group of people here in a point of privilege. Sure. The point is that, yeah, that did change the campaign. You look at what happened with Steve Moore and with Charlotte Caldwell, what happened with Hannah Deacon yeah. and with uh, exactly. Mike Barnes and these different few routes that conglomerated together to change the legislation in 2018 in the UK. Obviously, it was the UPA and various of the grassroots movements alongside of it, and it was the collective work of all parties. Whereas I think they've overplayed that hand. That is not the same. They can't market and brand that in the same way. Everyone goes, yeah, your kids are sick. We get that. You've got your thing. You won your thing. You did that. Now everyone else is focused back to going, well, us lot. And actually the key that I'm trying to get everyone to understand is if we all win the way I want to win, and it doesn't have to be the way I want. I just mean full descheduling. Everything is on the table. Automatically, there is every agricultural uh, usage and application of it on any commercial industrial scale. There is every research available in every corner for every medical condition. There is a ubiquitous access to any part of the plant across every corner of the country. 
And yet we're told, no, they need this bit. No, then this bit, then this bit. And again, they're saying we need yeah. all this evidence and all this data. Guess what? Tens of millions of people over the past several decades have consumed cannabis in this country. And they can give you an anecdote on this. They can give you information on this. More so over the past 10 years when people start to understand cultivar variants, terpenes, the, the, the core, core uh, uh, synergy of these compounds together and how actually if I grow this thing with a blue terpene in, it doesn't matter that it's a traditional air quote sativa. You know, yet we're going backwards now. They're, they're co-opting mm. these terms and marketing them as this is sativa and will do this. This is indica and will do this. That is the grandest yeah. marketing lie I've seen since bacon back in the day. You know what I mean? Because it's not true. I could grow a cultivar, give all of us now it, all of us consume it and have three different, very react, uh, three very different reactions because yeah. of our endocannabinoid system. Yeah, Absolutely. you can take metadata and go, on average, a certain number of people with your condition may have response A to product B. But that is not the language that is being formed here. The doctors don't know shit. The clinics don't know shit. The dispensaries don't know shit. Because again, there's this huge wall and gulf between the knowledge base of the criminalized consumer. And yeah, there's slowly some inking over that have gone, you know what, fuck it for my job, for my driving, for whatever. I'll go pay £100.50 a month for a pot. And they'll just take over the pot, throw that weed away, put their weed in. And I don't begrudge anybody that. You know what I mean? It's each, each to their own with however the system operates. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. we have to, again, be honest with this. And it's the same with hemp. So a lot of those people that I stood up in, in, in the cop thing and annoyed a couple of approached me later at a CIC event, two of them. One of them stated to me that, you know what, I concede to a certain degree and I'll try and say hemp cannabis. And I shook their hand and I said, thank you. That's all I've ever wanted. That is the acknowledgement, the honesty and transparency. You are not accidentally or intentionally stating that hemp is somehow different from cannabis. You are stating hemp cannabis, the collective cultivars and chemovars of a certain variety pre-approved by any given region to a selective amount of THC. That's all I've ever asked. So actually, yeah. there are, so I can, again, give people this uh, whole uh, hemp ground if they're then saying cannabis. This medical thing, I'm a little bit more on because I actually went deep into the Oxford and uh, Collins dictionary definitions of these terms recently, just to show up my own fight. It was mainly for Steve D'Angelo, and it never ended up coming up in the podcast. I'm going to bring it up here, here for you guys. Um, <laughs> in the medical is of or regarding medicine as a practice. Medicinal is the use of particularly a plant or a natural byproduct. So medicinal beats medicine. In terms of, you speak of cannabis being part of medicine, but seeing med medical cannabis, when we then look at it, again, I dug deep into this one, uh, is always capitalized. Right? You don't, you, that makes it a proper noun. A proper noun mm -hmm. is then descriptive of a term. You then look at where that is defined in the UK. That's M-A-H-R-A. In that, it states that medical cannabis is a CBMP. In then their further legislation, it says that a CBMP equals is slash and or a cannabis-based product designed for human consumption. So they're going three ways to say that medical cannabis is cannabis. They've just obfuscated it through two different dictionary definitions. So again, that's one of my next fights, and it's probably not necessarily as vicious for you guys, but it's going to be with, with the world, as everyone's quite quite aware in that language is important. And some of the companies have language is on this. Of there are a lot of medicinal cannabis companies out there. And again, I'll concede to that. Obviously, in this country, I try and prefer the term prescription cannabis. And to be honest with you, I'll, I'll uh, big myself up here. I did manage to get the CIC to vote to change their medical group to be prescription cannabis. Because again, it describes cannabis, the plant itself, under the regulation and restriction of prescription. So it's this is why I feel we're not getting anywhere. Obviously, I represent a culture that 
doesn't necessarily understand this language. I only understand this language because of my own fastidious nature and watching fucking too much TV films, reading too much. You know, I mean, it wasn't through an active education I, I accrued this skill set. But in doing so, I can see what they're seeing when they're dog whistling on that stage and they're gaslighting my friends and they're gaslighting my colleagues and the people around me. Somebody said on my Instagram, they made a comment of, well, of course, what did you expect? They're vultures. And my, my response to this was, yeah, I expected them to be vultures, but I didn't expect such willing corpses. And I don't say that in, in, in begrudge or hatred or dis dislike or disdain of anybody else. I just mean that their naivety and their uh, marketability makes them cannon fodder in a war they don't realize they're in. Mm. Yeah, I think, so that to me, I think is the point that rubs me slightly. I think it's, we have this slightly different view, is that I feel like, you know, yeah, you're right about the use of the language, but it doesn't harm usually people who hear those words. It's usually welcoming them, it's giving them a way in. But I think that for me, the bigger problem I have is it's more telling of the person who is afraid to say it because that's the stigma again, you know? And it's like, it's always the stigma, isn't it? It's like, why are they afraid to say it? They're afraid to say it because they don't want their mum to know or they don't want someone else to know or they, or they want to say medical because then that, that's all right because that's fine, you know? And it's like, that's the bit that really hurts me. I'm like, how do I get rid of that bit? How do I give this person the tools to make him feel like he doesn't need to hide? Like that's kind of, yeah. So that's the bit I kind of get really uh, hooked up on. But um, but yeah, take your point, totally. Yeah, well, it's, it's language the, is extremely important. Yeah, it's the medicinal aspect because I hear from vendors and dealers and there are some, unfortunately, yeah, unscrupulous motherfuckers deal weed in this country. Not by a long shot, all he is. I'm not saying that and I'm not going to call, I'm not going to get bothered in anybody's personal politics, but there is a reason that we are removing spice. There is a reason that we are finding product that is fucking moldy. There is a reason that we are finding issues with, just shit thrown in tuna tins and mylar bags that are not even close to what the hell you are marketing at a 400% increase. There are unscrupulous yeah. practices on both, again, extremes of that spectrum. But what we're trying to then get to at this point is, is an honesty, is a transparency. And the language that I'm hearing coming from these people is they're getting people coming and going, I want medical cannabis. I don't want skunk. Yeah. So skunk is what we all smoke, apparently. And then there's medical cannabis. And again, this is perpetuated yeah. by people like David Nutt in their most recent book. Whereas if you look at their de de definition of what then skunk is, is anything over 14% THC with, with less than 2% THC uh, CBD. That is the vast majority of products being prescribed now is, is medicinal cannabis. And so I'm not yes, asking for true. a concession. I'm all, the concession I'm asking true. for is medicinal rather than medical. Mm. Because then, yes, it is produced in or to a medical grade, but actually, and I'm trying to find evidence for this and no one at the clinics wants to talk to me. So if one of you do, please hit me in the comments. GMP, good manufacturing practices. The rumors that I'm hearing, there's a facility not far from here, 20 miles or so, Rockshaw. They basically import, inbox everything. They then put it into good manufacturing practices. It's how it's packaged. That then hits that qualification criteria. It's then put into the tubs. The labels for each uh, clinic are put on, and then it's posted out by DPD and DX and other uh, in inland uh, distributors. Okay. And so this whole lie of going, no, we've produced this under this money. No, no, no. You, they're saying, again, they've produced it under this, like that manipulation of language again, whereas it's not. It's, it's, it, and I'm, again, I'm a stickler for it. And some people kind of go, yeah, whatever. Blah. But I'm happy to beat this drum for the next 10, 20 years because I'm going to be proven yeah, right. In the same way with but, even strain is another one that yeah, we have yeah. to try and deal with. But it's a hard fucking conversation. I get that. 
but it's we have to try and get ahead of the curve, especially if we want to be taken seriously by academia, because for all they will still say the wrong words and go marijuana, this yeah. and whatever, every time they write that in their folder that goes down in permanent record, it is the correct nomenclature. It is exactly the scientific term removed from any of the stigma. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I wonder how much of that, particularly in the medical part, is coming over from the US as well, where there is, you know, a different system of working. And like people talk about medical grade, you know, some of the new cultivars that are coming through being medical grade. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe that it's just that someone was in a lab when they did it or something. I don't know, whatever. It, it typically means, like it typically means a higher, higher CBD in the cultivar in, in certain marketing groups. Yeah, exactly. But I think people are using it here sometimes because they think that that's, that means American strains or cultivars, you know? And I wonder how like much of that sometimes like just gets in the way of stuff like pop culture, stuff over from America is happening like that. And, you know, I don't know, there's, there's good and bad sides of that. I think we were talking earlier about that the international element of Product Earth. And also like one of the things I'm really excited about this year is, is getting Puffco over um, as our medical sponsor. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think like, look, for me, there's like, different reasons why, right? Because again, you know, coming back to that image of like, okay, how do I inspire the next generation of people in Britain to be the biggest brand owners or designers or makers of cannabis brands and things like that? How do we do that? And at the moment, really, it's those companies in America that are coming over like Puffco who are looking like the apple of, of that world, you know, and, and designers are sitting there going like, like, I'm just, I used to just smoke weed, but now I'm like, wow, I want to design a product that goes in this industry or like that becomes a label on the thing or whatever. And it's like that, I don't think hasn't really necessarily happened before in this country. So I'm, I'm gutted that that inspiration is coming from abroad, but I'm happy for the inspiration, if that makes sense. Because I think it's, yeah. it's powering people up. Yeah, I think genetically, uh, as in terms of breeders and whatever else, we have got a huge industry of people that have created some very reputable yeah. brands. The vendors as well, there were some some of the vendors, for all, again, they are crimin criminalized, not necessarily criminals. I don't know them personally. I don't know what they do in their personal lives. Maybe they do break the law in other aspects, and I can't speak to or defend that, nor will I. Um, but in terms of their ethics and the products that they provide, if it says what it is, it is what it is because they know their products. Yeah. They're not just wholesalers. They're not white labelers. They are somebody with a passion for that product. So they have worked on their gardens. They've worked on their breeding techniques. Their, their branding is third, fourth generation and iteration yeah. of them really trying to adapt to a market and trying to, you know, honestly present what it is that they are trying to bring to, to the market. And so I think there is an incredible amount of innovation. It's just the development of technologies is hard here because we don't really have the same uh, networking connection to people that would then work in spaces where they could build prototypes. A lot of, as we spoke of before, the, the traditional legacy community, either by nature, because once you then operate full-time in it, you can't really all hold down a full-time normal job, as yeah. it were. And the economic suggestion you don't necessarily need to, but it doesn't then also automatically mean you have excess uh, excessive income to be able to put into other, other exactly. things. So I think that again, yeah, as you say, as you say, product earth showcasing all of this technology. But I'm quite excited to see. For all this, didn't want to turn into a plug, plug for Puffco. Is there, <laughs> I know. There, there, never, is, is, we never tried to be a plug for Puffco, but you can't help it because their stuff is so cool. <laughs> it's their pipe. I want to see their pipe. They're all my. Uh, Neil's got one. It's our F&B yeah. director bought one. So they're it's actually. Uh, here we go. Another shameless plug. Uh, Pure Sativa. They're actually stocking them right now. Yeah, exactly. And it's coming to the show. And actually, we, we were just talking before this. We've got um, our glass blowing zone. We've got all the artists from the glass blowing. Um, wait, wait. I need to ask. I need to ask right now. I haven't checked the floor plan yet. I love you guys and Monkey Nutrients, but please tell me I'm not next to them because I do not want <laughs> the, the backdrop of their music in trying to. I've oh, seen actually, it. No, You're wait, not. I can have it. Don't worry. Wait, wait, I can have it. No, I've just no, I've just remembered. 
I can have it because I'll be in all, one of these many buses recording uh, plenty of my content. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if you're not, you're very far away. Check the floor plan. But yeah, look, but looking at glass blowing this year, and we were like, this is amazing. This new product has come through. Everyone's hyped about it. Like we're all buzzing to try it. So all the artists have got first upfront units. They got the units before anybody else was able to buy them. And we're going to be sort of telling the story about how they, you know, consume it and see it, what they think about it and how they then design a piece of glass that we will then be able to buy at the show, essentially. Um, and we're really excited about that. Pasha, isn't it actually like they're going to start it now and we're going to be filming from next week and then they're actually going to finish it at the show. So That's the idea. That's the idea. There might be some timing plans on that that might brought it a little bit, but there should be some pieces that we'll see the making that arrived there, definitely. That's, yeah, that's and that's kind of the idea. And that's the thing. It's like, you know... In, yeah, this is happening now. There's like, you know, there is new technology dropping in the way that an iPhone used to and people queue around the block. And we want to like really celebrate that and just like make the most out of it. And in a creative way as well. So, yeah. Mm. We've got actually, that's, that's something that we haven't, we've, we've publicized a little bit and it's actually been, uh, it's been well received, but we've got this new business zone as well. That was just, again, just what I was about to segue into. Yeah. There yeah. You go. You're, a nat you're a natural, Matt. You're a natural. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, look, we're, we're going to announce uh, who's been successful, I think, next week. Um, but one of them, um, I, I've just fallen in love with. I'm going to be spending all my money there, I think, where it's kind of like all these kind of antique pieces um, of, you know, ceramics that have been kind of transformed into bongs. And they just, they, they look like they would sit really neatly on your nan's counter and they are absolutely stunning. And it's all about kind of like breaking down the stigma and just having them as nice pieces of art. Because that's really what all these water water pipes bongs are yeah like you, you actually nowadays you can just have them all on your shelves and stuff like that because they just look beautiful the craftsmanship that goes into them um really really nice so yeah we've got really good stuff coming out in the uh in the the new business zone and actually as far as artwork goes as well uh, another one of pasha's lovely ideas is that uh, we are going to have this kind of art gallery um, and so we've got people supplying all of their artwork um, we, it's, we're doing like a silent auction way of doing it so people can actually buy the artwork and you know artists don't make loads of money they think struggling artists those two words normally go hand in hand so anything we can do to kind of support that and give something nice for people to look at as they're walking around the show um, and we're, we you know we've already been bombarded and we want to take as many in as we possibly can some just really stunning pieces of art uh, it's just another component of the show that I'm really looking forward to yeah exactly Excellent, excellent. Um, there's something I don't know if you... I know you haven't announced it yet, so I kind of, I'll probably miss that. A That's all right, we can announce it. There was something else you were going to um, look at setting up, something along the lines of a former BBC show? BBC show. Oh, right, as part of the new business. Yes. Um, so is, that, is that something that's come to fruition or...? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Okay. I'm trying to be tactful yeah. there. I didn't want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they were going to do this. Get them. You, you, you like, so just tactful. get them, get them. You, you were too tactful then. Yeah, so... The, the plan was that we were going to get some uh, some investors along to actually do a Dragon Den style um, like uh, feature in the seminar zone. It's difficult, right, to find the right kind of investors to bring to the show, to sit them in front of these people. Um, and what we've been doing with the applications, we've been asking them, are you ready for funding? You know, is this something you're actually shooting for? 
most people are saying, no, we're not actually looking for funding. What we're looking to do is sell our products. We are right, right at the beginning. Um, and a lot of these things, you know, these typical institutional investors aren't going to touch, which is a real fucking shame. Um, there is a job for education for us to work with these investors. What we have done is we have invited a lot of investors You'll probably spot them. They'll be in suits, I'd imagine. <laughs> suit tie, sticking out like a sore thumb. But, um, <laughs> there, is, there is an opportunity to actually pick up some investment, but unfortunately, it's not going to quite fit that format this year, but it's, it's definitely on the agenda for next year. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit more legwork from us. And uh, there were other things that were higher priorities, shall we say, that I think would be a more impactful and more beneficial for everybody, and that's what we have to focus on. There you go, folks. You've got... Just uh, just over twelve months to uh, get your business plans together and get yourself uh, prepped and ready. And I, I, I respect that you. I imagine, given the quarters that you guys operate in, you could have very easily filled that room with. Uh, I'm going to be trying tactful. Sorry, my classism nearly showed there. Uh, individuals with a lot of affluence um, that don't give a shit that were then just looking for quick book return or whatever else. And I think that it's it's about marrying. And this is what I realised again at Cannabis Europa. Not everyone with a serious amount of bank necessarily has got that by doing the most nefarious things. Obviously there is a little bit of class mobility issues in problematic, uh, problematic um, institutions and, and, and pathways that have arisen as a consequence of, you know, Thatcherism over the past 40 years, for example, the reason most of the South has money is because the North fucking doesn't. Um, but that's, that's again, my classism showing, but I, again, I, I respect and appreciate that you've, you've, you've taken the time to then actually, you know, not cast that off, but actually really take the time to, to build that as a concept, because I think there are so many as I've spoken to so many unbelievably entrepreneurial individuals in this country that, other than their their unfortunate some of them criminal records or their current criminalized lifestyles they are doing wonders wonders for their communities they are paying tax far more than google and starbucks and any of these other fucking corporations that we're supposed to hold on such a pedestal and yeah to find a marriage of them i think would be brilliant and i think actually doesn't have a few of them dotted around i'm hoping they really get a feel of it again what product earth is to me what it ignited in me when i first went to it was a demonstration even at that early stage of the potential scope of this and the diversity yeah. of the individuals involved it isn't just oh that's what my small version of cannabis was or that's what that small version. it's it was a plethora of, of people sharing their diversity and, and celebrating in a almost carnival atmosphere of, of what cannabis is and can be so yeah i'm, I'm excited man we need to get you to do some copywriting for us, Simple. That sounded... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I, need, I, need, I just need a dictaphone that will write it out because as soon as I go to write, my brain just goes, ah, shit. And then as soon as, soon, as soon as I can delete a sentence, I'm terrible. So I'm really good when I'm talking to people because I just let my brain go. But then as soon as I start recording something, like the minute-long intro I think I did for you guys, going, hey, guys, I'll be a product death. I was like 23 takes or some shit. <laughs> Frank just like no damn it damn it because you're fact, a perfectionist as well <laughs> you want to get it right I'm either, I'm, I'm either yeah i'm either a perfectionist or once it's done it's done i, I can't help yeah. it next thing, next thing. i'll get it right next time just keep going forward, the forward. extremes yeah so that's where it goes um let's have a look at my little notes here um i suppose actually matt while i've got you here i do want to kind of ask one sort of question that the community is dying to try and understand not just the community even brands like the David Beckham backed um, fucking cellular goods. Yeah, yeah cellular goods. They're, they're obviously launched a petition and shit recently and they're trying to understand what is going on with Meta, uh, your former employer. Um, not, not to grass you out to anybody there, sorry. 
Right. <laughs> it's a work of meta, just in case you didn't hear. Um, but, <laughs> but it wasn't called meta at the time, so I'll give you that. I was going to say the name changes really just made them lose any last bit of shred of credibility they had in whatever corners of the world that they had it. No, again, no, if I'm saying this, guys, don't sue Matt. I said this, like a play on me. So, yeah, but anyway, there's obviously a censorship issue, and it's interesting that there are certain brands and there are certain things that jump through the, the loophole. I mean, for example, obviously uh, uh allegedly if i were to i'm not saying i would but if i happen to use a, a video torrent site there's a pop-up on there that happens to be for a, a website called broccoli something and it's a cannabis supply and that's been on there as an advert for a fucking year untouched and obviously that's because it's not on a front-facing legal website and i understand terms and conditions and all the other stuff but what i'm trying to understand is i'm seeing now even on facebook adverts cbd companies advertising to me without ever saying anything about cbd there's not a picture of a leaf. There's not a word. There's not a thing. And it's like, if you know what it is, you know what it is. But if you don't, it just, you just scroll past it. And I'm just wondering, like, is there any sort of movement? Because obviously Canada had to really kick Facebook in the arse about this. For all, they've got a very restrictive advertising scene. They're now starting to use their influences as backhanded advertising mechanisms and really developing reciprocal relationships. Whereas in the mm. UK at the minute, like I said, it's very much a, how the fuck did they do that? And everyone else has got not a clue. So, so thing with Facebook, I, I can't I can't call it meta. Thing with Facebook um, <laughs> is that I think everyone just thinks there's so many employees checking everything, and there isn't. It's artificial intelligence, right? And with machine learning, it can do some wonderful things, um, but at the same time, it can make some catastrophic errors. And you know, we we've obviously got our agency Milk and Amber, and we work with a lot of CBD brands. Uh, you know, Product Earth, we're a, a cannabis brand. We are talking about cannabis. We're running a, a paid campaign right now. Um, and we've also done on the medicinal side, working with, with drug science. You know, we're actually connecting prospective patients with clinics and stuff like that. These things, if you speak to anyone with a CBD brand, they would say you just aren't allowed to do it on the platform. And that's just wrong. You are allowed to do it on the platform. But there are things and uh, processes that you should go through to keep yourself safe. Um, you know, the one one of the big ones on the medicinal side was um, social issues verification. Um, verification, sorry. Um, basically, medicinal cannabis is a social issue, and so actually, you should be able to use that platform as a political voice to be able to say, yes, this is now available. It's one of those things. Cannabis isn't illegal in this country, believe it or not. You know, everyone still says it is illegal. It's not. It's legal. It's just under prescription. And so, as soon as you verified yourself as a social issues advertiser, which I am and our agency is and every client we work with is, um, you can actually talk about cannabis in advertising. On the CBD side, what people, well, what they've have, have done in the past is if you mentioned CBD, you know, all the artificial intelligence goes a little bit bonkers and you just kind of get things blocking you straight away. People challenge the decision thinking that's going to be answered by a real person. It might be, but it's probably more often than not going to be either a grad who's just trying to get through as many tickets as they possibly can because they've got their targets. So it's like, oh, well, it's already been disapproved. So yeah, disapprove again. Now you're blocked. Um, so that's that's how it once was. Now the 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 noose is starting to relax a little bit. Um, you can uh, anything that you ingest, you're going to have problems with. But anything topical, you can absolutely advertise, um, providing you aren't making unsubstantiated claims. Obviously, when you're looking at a product with various different levels of regulation, it's quite difficult because you can't 
make any substantiated claims. There aren't any to make. So what a lot of brands are doing is they may kind of combine it with something like turmeric or lavender, and so they can get away with it that way. Um, you can do a lot of brand building on the platform by kind of talking about, you know, what a great way of life and all of the rest of it. So there's there's clever ways and creative ways you can talk about what you do without making unsubstantiated claims. Um, but things are about to get better. Um, I have to be really, really careful what I say because I'm very fortunate to have um, a lot of friends at Facebook still. Big up. Um, and also, you know, they, they get quite high in the company, not literally, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Cut that out. Um, but, uh, we, we have had word that there is going to be um, a bit of a shift in, in policies with regards to CBD. And I think that's really exciting. Um, obviously, we've got these novel food applications coming through. And um, so I was having a conversation with them saying, look, this is an opportunity to do another social issues verification type process. Um, but I've been told it might not even be as complex as that. So they've seen the opportunity, you know, Facebook makes money. That's what they want to do. And this is a, a huge industry, multi-billion pound potential ad spend. And they'd be crazy not to capitalize on that. Um, the platform... LinkedIn, do you know what? As far as cannabis marketing goes, LinkedIn's really good. Um, you know, you've got quite a lot of flexibility on what you can do. It's a really interesting audience as well. Um, you also don't get the negativity that you do on some other platforms. Um, there's a lot of trolls that spend too much time on social media. Put your phones down, people. Get outside. Um, but, you know, they like to have a moan. But LinkedIn, you know, they are there acting as professionals and people can see what they are and they'll connect it with their potential careers. And so you tend to have a more positive conversation. Um, and then the one that's the, probably the hardest to be using right now, which is such a shame because it's such a powerful tool, is TikTok. Um, you know, it's not all about teen girls doing, you know, synchronized dancing, it turns out. You can actually sell a lot of products on there um, and you can do so organically. It's a great platform for creators. Um, you know, I'm always kind of divided a little bit on influencers. It's kind of just a, a bit of a random thing to do, but also, you know, you've got to get that food on the table. And uh, if you can do that by adding value to people's lives, then I think that's a good thing. Um, and people are actively making money with CBD on TikTok right now. And whilst I've also heard uh, from an internal source that there is no plans to change the paid media side, they are also kind of looking at ways of being more flexible on the um, organic side and you know if you if you know how to use the platform properly and understand the trends and how you can both focus on quite a nuance and also reach those trending articles which are reaching the masses you can do some wonderful marketing on there um but yes it's hard to keep up with all the platforms to be honest and um, we, we we haven't really done too much in snapchat um the ones we tend to focus on are facebook and instagram just because you know i spent 12 years there uh, so hopefully i understand the products uh, quite well um, but you know we're expanding into these other platforms and um it's a, it's a great way to connect with people so yeah excellent excellent um i think obviously we'll have a continuation of our conversation um in terms of verification again all right absolutely all, all the time um <laughs> but yeah thank you for, for sort of sharing that that will help uh, a lot of my audience so uh, for all i've quite i'm quite limited because of the the content of the conversations i don't really show up unless people typically subscribe and, and whatever else um people obviously share well i'll tell you what but... just a, a quick tip for anyone that is looking to run a cannabis business on uh, either instagram or facebook the best thing you can do is make sure you set up with the meta business suite um, and the reason for that is you're not going to be chatting to an automatic 
like a bot, essentially, which is going to churn out the same old crap answers to you over and over again. You can get into contact with someone at Facebook within three minutes. Uh, it's, it's a bit of an arduous task when you're on there and you're kind of chatting and the whole conversation might take you an hour. But you are speaking to a real person um, and you can actually resolve quite a lot of the problems that you might be facing, even if it is just to understand why is your page being blocked um, or something like that and how long it's actually going to be blocked for. So set up your business suite um, or your business manager. They keep changing the fucking names, but um, it's really easy to do. Take your five minutes and then, you know, everything you're going to do across the platform just becomes a hell of a lot easier. There you go. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say is that for quite sort of still low numbers, there's a lot of people that are at different levels within the industry, but I think they will have found uh, the content of that really quite interesting. So, yeah, thank you for the for the tidbits. Um, I'm quite aware of the time, and you're obviously both very busy men, so I'm going <laughs> to ask maybe a couple more questions. I've got one that we were talking about, obviously, Product Earth being uh, this, this perfect showcase of kind of what the cannabis industry is. Have you had any correspondence or any uh, consideration of correspondence with any political figures, uh, whether it be councillors, politicians, whomever, or is this too much of a, a contentious space to invite them into potentially? Well, funnily, you know we've got Jonathan Pye at the show. Yeah, that was going <laughs> to be one of my next questions. I, just need, I need to clear up the fact. Jonathan Pye is a comedian, guys. He's not a politician, so... You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that was uh, an assumption that had been made. It, it, it's cropped up a little Some, bit. Sometimes you know, do people make that assumption, yeah. <laughs> yeah we like to jump mm. on the Tory scum uh, narrative, but you know, he's, he's a comedian and we can't wait to see him. Um, yes, the answer is, yeah, we, we obviously want to connect with uh, political figures. Um, we do have, as Pasha mentioned earlier, people like Gavin, Sathy and Nathan, who's got a really good network and we are speaking to people. Um, unfortunately, that stigma does carry across to the political world and people don't necessarily want to be seen at the show, in spite of the fact that you know, you've been there, but it's just a lovely place to be, you know, and it's actually, wow, what was all the fuss about? Um, yeah. So we are still working on it. I think um, as we start to speak to the press a little bit more on the build up to the show over the next kind of six weeks, um, we will be engaging with political figures a little bit more, see if we can get people there. Um, I'd love to see Jezza there, to be honest, tell Jeremy Corbyn. Um, it will be great to have him at the show. Um, but, yeah, look, there's, there's a lot of active politicians right now that um, I think could learn a hell of a lot from being at the show. Um, I think we've got a lovely community there, so they could have a nice, safe um, experience and actually sit down and listen to people. Be, a, be an actual politician. Uh, don't be a twat. Yeah, where are we? That, that, that's if you look at how many of them just went to Glastonbury and you think of the amount of drugs, excess and sex and everything else that's going off, yeah, there, yeah, they're quite happy to be associated to that. I can understand yeah, that. Sure. I, I think it may be worth, and I'm happy to open my diary as well. Diary, is that what you call it, where you put names in? Oh, that's, that's an antiquated thing. Jesus You're Christ. Yeah, my, my younger listeners, we used to have a little book <laughs> thing, right? And you'd write down people's names and addresses and stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my contacts, yeah, that's what we say these days. I'll open my contacts to you. Um, some of the drug policy uh, groups within the political parties, I think it would be expedient and important, it's not what I was looking for, but it would be decent of us to have as many from as broad a spectrum as possible because for all you've got Lib Dems at this point are still pitching the same fucking idea from 10 years ago. They had an opportunity to have that conversation, did fuck all. 
The Greens are yeah. pitching the same closed conceptual idea that they haven't advanced any material idea or model for. The Tories are saying one thing and doing one thing, two different very things, but I'll get too political. And Labour are just fingers in their ears right now. But if we can get people from the different organisations, maybe even for all the maybe already hijacked organisations, the Conservative Drug Policy Reform Group, Labour Drug Policy Reform Group, especially in the potentially Crispin's departure is going to leave some holes in some very important positions where other people are going to fill. So I think there should be some interested parties out there that even if they can't come, their assistance or part of their entourage can in some way attend and just go, wait, I walked in there and didn't die. Even as much, yeah, yeah, exactly. even as much as that, they can just go right next time. Actually, you probably could come in and be fine. You know what I mean? How, how many, how many of the average can? No offense to anybody, but how many of the average cannabis consumers in this country can name their politician or a politician by face, other than like Jacob Rees-Mogg or somebody else that becomes a, a living meme? Most people are just not in tune to that. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. in, the, in the cannabis community. So I think that they've got nothing really to worry about. You know. Come uh, see, we're not bad more. people. Come have a look. Come peer behind the yeah. Curtain. I mean, look, we 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 had a uh, we had Baron Lindsay at the show last year, and I don't think anyone have picked him out of the crowd. But um, I, I I welcome any politicians to come. I think they should realise it's a safe space. We're we're not going to try and put words in their mouths. We're not going to try and trip them up. We just want to have a pleasant discourse and try and understand what we can be doing to to forward the movement and understand what's slowing it down. Um, because I think the problem is when you're in your own echo chamber and you're not embracing other conversations, um, it can get quite toxic. And I think that, that happens a lot in the, in the cannabis community. And um, that kind of tends to close doors, not open them. And so, yeah, I, I'm, we're going to be doing a lot of work in this space. Uh, just need to close it out. I think we've got, I think we've got a handful of stands left to sell. Uh, once they're done, we can shift gears and uh, start going on that, that PR running, making sure we're getting uh, some interesting folks across the line as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, there was a question I was meant to ask earlier, but I'm going to quickly ask now anyway, because it's something that's been kind of brought up. Uh, the courtyard orientation, is that changing you? Is it going to be it a diff different? Yeah, they've... Uh... So they've just put an entire um, new building on, on top of our courtyard, bastards. Uh, but it's, it's actually worked out quite nicely. So what we've got now, for those that remember it, last year we had the seminar zone and you've got kind of like this glass wall at the front of the building. Um, that seminar zone, we're now shifting to inside the building because actually it's a nightmare having a glass wall because you can't see the screens and all the rest of it. Um, we've got a few stands that are going in there. We're going to have uh, an MMA demonstration, got some wrestling mats going down in that space, which is kind of cool as well. Um, and then you'll look out into what was the car park. Um, and we had a lot of restrictions last year because obviously it was a vaccination centre. And mm -hmm some of our community are not that interested in having a COVID vaccination. Uh, and so we tried, we had to keep everyone apart and everyone was very aware of it. And we kind of put these walls up and mm. they were like inches away from one another, you know, people having their, their uh, injections and people completely against it. So we don't have those restrictions this year, thank God. Um, and so in that car park, we're now going to have this um, BMX area. Uh, we were going to have food stands in each corner and kind of um, all the different stands in between, but we made a decision this morning that we're actually going to shake that up. So as you walk in, uh, in those big cargo, cargo doors, we're actually going to have a food village and all the food's going to be there. It's going to smell absolutely wonderful. You're going to walk into the expo. You're going to see all the big brands. You're going to see the pure sativas. You're going to see the slapsters. You're going to, oh God, I shouldn't get into it and list them all and get in trouble, but raw papers, <laughs> obviously we're all looking forward to seeing. Then you walk through and you've got the kind of what will be the wrestling mats. And then you go through 
out into the car park and that is where you're going to see all of the kind of the outdoor vendors uh, it all gets a little bit lively we've got um, a nice uh, truck that's turned up which is going to have dj booth on it we're actually going to try and do a bit of outreach over the next couple of weeks another little update um where we're going to ask people from the community if they want to take part and actually do some djing uh, at product earth well, that, um, so that, in the, in the courtyard. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. I uh, was sat at my mate's house earlier, obviously when he messaged and asked for the link, and uh, he made me write down um, where the hell is it? What is the music going to be at this year's event? And do you need any hard dance? He's a, he's a <laughs> he's an old school vinyl DJ from uh, the first rave series. Right. So uh, well, he's, gonna, got, he's got, got an eclectic collection of some really interesting festivals. Eclectic is definitely what we need. I mean, you've got to remember, we're going to have this, you're going to be playing as the backdrop of the music to essentially a, a first of a kind BMX invitational at a cannabis show. So I'm very excited about that. But it's going to chop and change as well. So we're going to have music playing then you've got jonathan pye who's going to come on and do a com comedy step sketch and th this is out of season like he isn't going back actually into doing his uh, his tour i don't think until like september october or something like that so that's going to be really unique um and it'll be it's just going to be a bit of a mishmash it's going to be quite chaotic i think in the car park but that's how we like it and then as you go up and you know we get into the after dark the music becomes a little bit more serious um and that's where mills get to, to flex their muscles and their ridiculous equipment um and we get loads and loads of sound complaints and then well i actually i say sound complaints there's one thing we are doing right now thanks to raw papers another plug um we're trying to do a silent disco so our license stops us um, playing live music at like 11 o'clock as pretty much every outdoor um event actually has but we have found a loophole uh and we actually have because we have a paddock outside which will hold a certain amount of people we can apply for a temporary uh notice which will allow us to do a silent disco so we are going to be able to have live music going on until much much later and you can sit down and have your shisha and eat all your wonderful food and have a lovely time and then get a good restful sleep uh, before the morning foraging starts <laughs> wow you, you really have covered a, a lot of bases here it is as you uh spoke of at the start of this it's an experience and yes. I, th I think that it is exactly that. Hopefully for sort of the, the newbies and people that have, you know, myself several years ago, that'll walk into this and we'll see the diversity. And it's it's now showcasing more than ever what is cannabis culture, in my opinion. And I think that, yeah, again, I speak to it and just sort of bigger myself up. But the fact that you've hired me to do the work that I'm doing, I think that is very indicative of and, and emblematic of what it is that you're trying to build here. So I... Wish you obviously the, the best of luck obviously with the next six weeks of uh, extreme stress. Um, I will, uh, yeah, understand that it may take me a minute to get a reply. And um, yeah, I'm just sort of, yeah, I normally ask sort of what is the, what is the future hold um, at the end of the, the recording, but I think the future holds product there in about six weeks, folks. So you need to uh, either get a Bristol on your bike to get a half price ticket um, or you use the discount code Simba and you save yourself 10% anyway. And um, yeah, thank you both for, for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate you taking the time. If and anyone's got any ideas of anything that can help reduce anxiety, then we'll probably need that over the next six weeks. So um, <laughs> let us on a postcard, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure, sure I can post <laughs> I some studies. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, Simpo. It's been great. No worries. Uh, if you give me two seconds, I'll just do a bit of housekeeping and we'll have a quick chat. Um, cool. All right, folks. Yeah, these were the team from Product Earth. We'll include links below where you can get tickets, uh, more information about the event, 
Um, and yeah, a few of the other things that we kind of brought up, I've made some notes somewhere amongst the scribbles on my pad of things that we've brought up that I want to reference. Um, yeah, thank you to, to these two for, for putting up with uh, what could have been quite a difficult conversation there with some of the content that I brought up. But you did well. You did well. I, uh, I appreciate that. I respect that. So yeah, if you enjoyed this, folks, do uh, like, share, subscribe. Anything you can do to help me get around uh, all these little shadow bands and different algorithmic limitations that exist currently until I'm smart enough to install this meta suite and seek verification, which hopefully I'll seek to do over the next few weeks. Uh, but until then, do check us out on patreon.com forward slash the simple life where you can help me keep the lights on. There's going to be more lights in this place. So I'm going to need more money to keep those set lights on uh, over the coming weeks um so do yeah check us out on patreon and subscribe all the shit finders everywhere you know what you're doing peace and love folks we'll see you next week